Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. This week on On to the Point, we are super excited because we have one of your favorite contestants from the Academy episodes, season 15, So You Think You Can Dance. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. All right, you guys, welcome on into the point with Kristen Bird. I am so excited about this episode. It has been in the works. For months, let me tell you. Not even like one month or two months, probably more like four months. So I want to welcome to the show, of course, Laganja Estranja. Yes, God, honey. I love it. Also known as Jay Jackson, depending yes. on where, you know. Depending on the wig. Depending on the <laughs> wig. Today, Jay Jackson, That's right? That's right. Today here in my male form, just ready to turn up and turn out with you. I love I love it. We have so much to talk about. In fact, I was like throwing questions at him and I'm like, but don't tell me the answer. It surprised me on air because I really do think a lot of important topics and I really want to hear your point of view because we've talked a lot about them um, when it comes to So You Think You Can Dance. Um, And I'm going to start right off with the show because it's one of those things. um, You came onto the show this season. I saw you at the Academy. Um, We didn't get a chance to interview you, but I was always thinking this is such a perfect opportunity to have more representation on this show. So what inspired you to audition for season 15? Sure. Well, I've been a fan of the show since season one. Um, I just, it's an amazing show. I remember like me and my buddies and, you know, dance school or a dance summer camp, we would all get together and huddle around the TV and watch. And back in the day, you used to actually like text in to vote. So, you know, I've loved the show from like a very early age. Um, But what really inspired me this year was actually my supporters on Twitter. Um, I had tweeted out one day, hey, do you guys think I should audition for the show. It's been a dream of mine for forever. Um, and if I do it, do you think I should do it in drag or as myself? And the people tweeted back and they said, we think you should do it in drag and we definitely encourage you to go on audition. So I did. I got up really early because you have to get outside at like 6 a.m. Yes. to line up. And I got up way before that to do drag and, and be in full representation of Laganja Stranja. That must have been like a 3 a.m. wake up. Yeah, Come on. tell me about it. It was really <laughs> early. And I went and I stood out in line very 
nervous. I mean, I looked so different than everyone else, obviously. Um, and as someone who's watched the show before, I knew that usually feminine men, especially drag queens, you know, don't have the best reception. So I, I was nervous, but I was excited because it is something that I've always dreamed of doing. And what a lot of people don't realize, because we only see the audition episodes where everyone's in front of the judges. Right, and they're right. at the theater. Uh, this year it was at the Wallace, I believe, in Beverly Hills. So it's interesting because there is a pre-audition and you have to audition for the producers. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just kind of in a group and you go, dance. It's just improv. Yeah, you're in a group of different people. Um, I do believe they, you know, categorized us, categorized us by male or female and I was placed with the females because I was in jazz. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really great that, you know, from the beginning they were being very cognizant of pronouns, seeing where I wanted to be placed. So I was with the with the females and it was jazz and I went out there and I just, you know, I did my Lagangisms and it was a hit. And so that's when I did get to come back the following day, wake up again at 3 a.m. to get in drag, to go to the theater, to wait in line, to perform for the judges. But it was exhilarating. It is exhilarating. Now, one quick thing, because you just mentioned pronouns, and I think this is super important. And for some of you, this is going to be so basic and so 101. But I think the more we throw it out there, the more people mm-hmm. understand, the more education there is. Jay Jackson. My, the pronoun should be he? Um, so for me, I, ident- I identify as non-binary. So a typical uh, pronoun with non-binary people is them and they. But for me, that just is really weird um, because it's like a plural. And so I, it just doesn't work for me. So I actually prefer she or her. Mm-hmm. But I also like to say that all pronouns are welcome. So I don't really care how I'm addressed as someone who is non-binary and who does identify with both the feminine and masculine sides of myself. So I think for most people, when I present my myself as a male, they use the pronouns he. And when I present myself as a female, they use she. Um, but again, if someone is like going to ask my preference, I would say she. And and then I would also say that they're all welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm open. Well, that's good to know. And I think um... it's different for everyone. And like you said, it's important. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches important you ask and you get to know mm-hmm. and that, that's exactly it that's why I'm always just saying I think people get afraid of asking right. but actually asking is the appropriate thing yeah it's literally just what is your preferred pronoun that's all you have to say and people who have a different pronoun than what they identify or from their cis self uh, they'll tell you you know they mm-hmm. want to be asked so don't be afraid to ask and get in there and be a part of the conversation yes asking pronoun it's not offensive it's no. actually awesome. So I just want to throw that out to people just in case people have questions or anything else like that. Super important. Okay. We want to get back though to that Wallace stage. You walk out there and listen, you know, Twitch is out there. Twitch. I love him. Of course. Who doesn't? Receptive. Vanessa Hudgens, I think also very open receptive. Mary Murphy. Yes. Love her too. 
Nigel is the one, little old school sometimes. Right. Was he the one in your mind thinking, he's the one I have to win over? Um, well, I definitely knew Mary and Nigel would be my toughest critics. Um, I, I think that they, you know, they always bring the technical side to their judging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I would have to win over both of them. You know, I felt like Twitch was, like you said, was just going to be super into it because it was different, because it was so full out and committed to the character. Uh, I knew Vanessa, she's really into voguing now, so I knew she was going to live for it. You're like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't know how it would be received from Mary and from. From, uh, Nigel and what you didn't see well I think you did see um, is that like I really had to like beg to stay like I really mm-hmm. had to be like come on Mary like you gotta tip the scale you gotta tip the scale and she did so it was it was an amazing moment um, but it was also one of those moments that like you know when you just know you know like you just know like I've got this in the bag that was one of those moments for me when I when I walked out on that stage before I'd even opened my mouth I just knew like oh they're about to live you know and I had that complete confidence into myself and I think that's what it really takes to get past the judges you have to go out there and you have to be a star in that exact moment and you can't be afraid of stepping out of bounds or coloring outside of the box and I wasn't I just went in there and I was like this is me love me or take me and they loved me I love it the first moment you're out there on stage you're like boom yes. I'm here <laughs> I mean, and that, I'm, I'm known for making an entrance. But that is good. I know you have one of the top 10 entrances on RuPaul Drag Race. I, like, right out there on YouTube, you guys. I believe it's number two, if I'm correct. I think it is. I think it should be number one, but yeah. <laughs> Just saying, we should vote it up. Um, but I, Nigel was the only one who said no. Is that correct? In that first round? Well, Nigel didn't get to speak because once Mary said yes, uh, it matter. passed on. And Or if it was in the order I don't remember, then maybe he said no and she said yes and it passed on. I can't remember exactly how it went down. You know, mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of emotions going on when you're up there in front of them. But um, uh, I do believe that Nigel had, you know, made his opinion, which was, I think you're great. I think you're, you know, an entertainer, but you're not a dancer. And that was what, like, what really stuck with me that first time that I was out there. And that's why when I came back at Academy Week, I really wanted to prove to him, you know, I am a dancer too. And you said that. And I have to tell you that that quote, I actually put it out on Twitter, I think, with the video, because it resonated with so many people. And I think as dancers, mm-hmm. we've all had doubts where you're like, I, I can't do this. This no. this is really hard. So you think you can dance the audition process. Not easy whatsoever. Um, and then you have someone who's, who might be doubting you. And you can't let someone else's doubts creep into your brain. You right. have to say, I know I can do this. Yeah. RuPaul always says, if you can't love yourself, then how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? And I just think that's really true. You know, you have to, like I said, you have to go in there knowing you're meant to be there and that you can do it. So a couple months pass um, because I believe it was March for the L.A. auditions. And Uh then I believe I wound up somewhere in early May or somewhere at the Dolby Theater where you guys were auditioning. What did you do to prep in those two months? So I did a lot to prep um, <laughs> because my sole, you know, focus uh, the last couple of years has been drag. I was very rusty, so I got myself into you know training immediately right over here at Millennium and Edge and uh, the basement of NoHo, and uh, I just started working with the best of the best. I was able to work with Bobby Newberry on a solo, uh, Derek Schroeder, who's a really great friend of mine. I reached out to Brian Freeman, Freeman, who said he wasn't able to work with me because of the show and contract, but he put me. <laughs> in touch with his assistant, Mitchell Federland, and oh, it was amazing. Oh my God, it was amazing. He worked with me. He actually brought in Haley Payne, who was on So You, you Think. Love Haley. She worked with me. So I, I was really lucky that I was able to work with 
oh gosh, uh, uh, Arthur from uh, Dancing with the Stars. Got to work with him. I mean, I reached out Benji Swimmer, Dancing. Uh, so you think you dance? I trained with like literally all of them, and I I got a personal trainer out in L.A. and I just took it really serious. I, I took off you know a month from drag, and I just focused on training and getting my body and stamina you know there because I'm also one of the older contestants. You know, the the cutoff age is thirty, mm-hmm. so I was going up against eighteen year eighteen and nineteen year olds who are in class all the time. So I wanted to make sure, you know, my body was physically fit and able to Your body's last. Amazing. Well, thank you. I, I it's was... one thing to look amazing. It's another to, like I said, the, the stamina that requires that audition. It, it's no joke. No joke. Um, no, I have... Your arms are amazing. I was oh, like, look, I mean, when you're standing, I'm like, yes, those are such good arms. Your legs are fantastic, too. Thank you. Yes, I know. I'm like, amazing. Well, it, this is something that's really interesting. You talked about your strategy. And for anyone who is ever thinking about auditioning for So You Think You Can Dance, we're, we're still hoping on that I season know. 16. I think it's going to happen. Because I know it will. Fox I'm usually, meant to be on it, so I, it has to be. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be. And because they usually renew it in February or late, right. late January. There's a lot going on, guys, because Fox is merging with ABC, and we're seeing this with Dancing with the Stars. It's probably going to be, yeah. Really? You didn't know this. I didn't know this yes. tea. Oh, there's, li- I, there's a lot going on. So Why? So they're merging. A Disney bought Fox. So Fox News, guys, is going to be its own division, not owned by Disney. Everyone should know this. Of course, yeah. Um, so it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Send it away. But um, but the Fox like entertainment properties are going to be a part of Disney. So there's a lot of shuffling with executives. Um, but you have an executive over at Fox by Rob Wade, who used to be in charge of Dancing with the Stars. He's a big fan of So You Think You Can Dance. This Good. show does great numbers on the plus seven, which means like DVR, streaming, YouTube, all of those things. So fingers crossed it did really well in season 15 um and i feel what i've heard through the grapevine is that things are looking positive we don't have an official until fox says hi we're picked up but they will i have faith in all the worlds but the i'm only hearing positive things behind the scenes and i'm gonna see nigel and like next week so i'll let you guys know if i hear any more okay good we'll be watching i know but just so everyone knows that there's a there's a lot going on and everything. So um, something that's important, having a strategy. Yes. Working with former contestants, working with people who have their hands in the cookie jar. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get you on, but they understand what it means for a contestant to get on the show. Correct. And they know exactly what the judges want to see in your solo. So that's why it was important for me to to have those people choreograph my solos. Because, you know, when you go to Academy Week, you have to have several solos. Uh, ones that you know you will present and ones that you may be called on to present, uh, you know, in a dance battle or something like that. So uh, for me, like, because I'm in Los Angeles and because I do have a platform uh, through Drag Race, I was able to just reach out to these people and get their attention and... I'm so th- so thankful that so many of the LGBT, you know, brothers and sisters pulled through for me and worked with me on my dance training because I really do think it made me a lot more confident mm-hmm. to go in there. Um, and you're working on ballroom, obviously, if you're working yes. with Artur, which yeah. is we know one of the things that you have to work on. Here's a question. Are you working on tap at all? Because after watching last season, I feel like everyone should be taking tap class. Well, we probably should. <laughs> uh, my father would be very happy if I would get back into tap. Is your dad a tap dancer? My dad is not, but it's his, it's his favorite form of dance. And when I was young, I did do some tap dancing because uh, I grew up in musical theater. So you kind of had to be able to tap dance back then for sure. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's been quite some while. I'm rusty in the hinges. Okay. So when we get a season 16 pickup, call Valerie Rocky and start taking some tap. Okay, right? perfect. I'm 
Moana. <laughs> I'll hook you up if okay. you don't know her. Because <laughs> Gabby's now in. Gabby Diaz is now well, so in Chicago. Gabby, but... I actually know. We're really good friends. We went to uh, Young Arts together, which is a program in, in uh, Miami. Yes. That's for dancers. It's also for everything. Theater, acting, singing, visual arts. Um, but so we went to that program together. So I actually know her. So maybe I could squeeze in a lesson with her. Yeah, fly to Chicago or fly her out here in LA. Right? I know. She's doing so well out in Chicago. She's I amazing. love her. I love her. Um, what did you think in terms of the Academy Weeks? What were your biggest challenges? Well, I think my biggest challenge was once they had me get out of drag and go into my male form. I, you know, that's that was kind of like, you know, when Super Superman loses his cape. You know, like once I lost the wig, I really was uh, a little uncomfortable because I really wanted to showcase, you know, what I could do all in drag, and I wasn't quite you know, mentally prepared for coming in as a boy. I'd been practicing ballroom as a girl. I'd mm-hmm. bought, you know, high heels, which, a fun little story, my partner's heels actually broke that day, so she wore mine. Uh, yeah, which was you really fun. You were a fun. lifesaver. I was a lifesaver. But so I was really nervous to go in that day to do ballroom as a male. But I actually... Well, I did okay. I, I messed up when they when they presented me with Stephanie because she was so good. It really threw me Stephanie off. Stephanie Sosa. Oh, my yes. God. She's amazing. So it really threw me off. Um, but I still think I showcased, you know, the training. And I was able to just, you know, switch feet because everything I'd been learning was, like, to the left. So now I had to switch to the man and be the right. So That's hard it was for challenging. the brain. Okay. So let's talk about this because this was one of my questions, too. Um Talking about name and, and obviously auditioning as a boy versus the ganja. Um, how much of this was your choice? So first of all, let's start with the name because you were Miss Estranja, right? Um, were you allowed to not? Were you allowed to use the Laganja name, or did they make you drop that? So they actually never got that option. I chose before I went in there to be Miss Estranja um, because I knew it was on Fox, because it is a family-friendly show. I didn't want to go in there and give them any opportunity to not showcase me. So I just chose to be that. Um, it was I was never told not to use the name, um, but I, I uh, assumed that I would yeah. most likely not be able to use that name. So that's why I just went in as Miss Estranja, because to me, a name is just a name. It, it didn't really matter to me what mattered more was that my story and my message got on. So, And it's still part of your name already. Yeah, so exactly. it's not like you're coming in as a totally different character, no. a totally different person. I was just the more classier version of my drag oh, character. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> well, and I asked, and so people know just a little bit of background, when Kaylee Mills was on, but in Pavado, guys, uh, honestly, because that's how she prefers to be ref- you know, referred to, um, for season 14, she wanted to go on as Impavido. Production preferred Kaylee Mills. She doesn't feel like Kaylee. She feels right. like Impavido, and I think that's really important. Koine, another one, also on season 14, prefers Coco. Uh, again, but production encouraged her to be Koine. And I yeah. think sometimes, especially when you're younger, you don't necessarily know to fight for things like sure. that. And I suggest anyone, even if you're 18 and you're afraid someone's going to say no, try and fight for who what you, you feel most comfortable with. Right. Yeah. And like I said, for me, it didn't matter. So I was comfortable being Miss Estranja. Um, but I agree with you. You know, if, if you have an identity that you believe in, you got to fight for it. You got it. You definitely have to fight for it. So that brings me to, did they say, hey, we want you to audition as Jay Jackson. Yes. And could you have said, no, I have to? I think I could have, you know, again, but at that point, I wanted to be on this show so bad Mm -hmm. that I was willing to do anything to showcase that I I deserve to be there, you know, and I knew that I could do it as a boy. So I just was able to take the wig off and and show that, you know, um, 
I don't need that gimmick to be successful. Right. And in the end, I'm so glad that I got that opportunity. While it wasn't something I wanted, and maybe I would have loved to have been the that person that was like, no, it has to be this way. I mean, sure, I wish I would have been that person maybe a little bit. But I don't I don't believe in regrets. You know, I think everything happens for a reason. And I think the fact that I showcased my male side, it gave me confidence to go back this next year when it is renewed as a male in contemporary, which is my real, you know, art form. Jazz is not my strength. I just that's what, you know, was the closest to categorize the drag performance that I was doing because it really didn't fall into specialty either. Um, but I think this year going back just as myself, as Jay Jackson in contemporary, it'll hopefully be a hit. That's interesting. I, I love hearing this because um, it's one of those things that, um, you know, you, you sit there and I, I love that we were able to see a drag performer audition for the show. The show has come a very long way. Yes. Um, and I had an interview with Travis uh, on the press line in the week that he did that incredible piece with um, Darius. You know where I'm going I do, with that? of course. <laughs> with Darius and Taylor. And he talked about when he was in season two, the show was like, you cannot say that you are a gay male nope. because you, uh, all the little girls that are out there voting for you won't vote for you. Correct. And he said, the whole time I never felt like myself that whole season. Season. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, I, you know, Benji was an incredible season two winner, but had Travis 100% felt like himself, would he have won? I don't right. know. Sure. I don't know, because sometimes, you know, you're maybe you're holding something yeah. back in a moment like that. So he said he really wanted to continue to push the boundaries of the show. He's and got he the, did. He, <laughs> yeah, and he's got the, the power and the authority, so they respect that now. But Nigel has had... And this is a big thing. You mentioned this. Nigel's had a a tough time, I think, it, it, over the seasons. Kent Boyd has talked a lot about it, feeling, um, and I, I get frustrated with this, the, the idea that you have to dance masculine or feminine, because I think everyone can dance masculine and feminine, sure. not just based on your gender. Correct. And, yeah, I, I do. Um, you know, I think that that did change. I think that I was a part of that change. And I think that if and when I go back, uh, that change will continue to be seen. Um, I just think for me, going back as Jay in contemporary, it is my dream. That is how I really want to be on the show. And if that means I have to dance masculine or dance the male role, um, I have accepted that. You know, Mm -hmm. I think there there are people who who fight that and as they should. But for me... um, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable, like I said, as a non-binary being, being both. And I think now that I've laid the groundwork as a drag queen, I can really go back and be myself. And I think that if and when I were to get on the show, they would highlight the drag now. And they would bring that back into it. Where, you know, as if I had done this the other way around and gone as a guy, then we would have never been able to see. And that's why that was my fight. You know, just by showing up as a drag queen, that's how I made the statement. And that's how I really, you know, spoke for my community. And I feel like if given the opportunity to go on the show, um, you know, I would be very much myself because I am a gay male. And, you know, even when I went to the live taping as myself, as Jay, the very first live taping, um, the little girls, they did scream and they did want me to meet me. And and it was so cool. You know, I went over and hugged them and it was such this big moment because I'm not used to little girls screaming for me. I'm used to, you know, older gay men in nightclubs. Right. And it was such a different demographic but to see that they still were receiving it so well and that they knew who I was out of drag it was such a an eye opener for me and it really made me realize like you know by loving both of my sides of myself you know it's 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 allowing people to learn and it's allowing people to like you said begin the conversation ask the questions and not be so afraid of you know orientation 
Right. And, and I think you're making a really great point here. This really was a watershed moment for the show. So I certainly appreciate you auditioning for the show because um, I feel like younger generations, they're open. They're sponges. They're like, this is great. Awesome. We love all of you. Older generations struggle with it because at the time, at it the wasn't time there. it wasn't there, and everyone, you know, I mean, it was, but the education wasn't. Non-binary was not a word people were throwing around as they are now. Secrets. Transgender, yes. you know, we didn't have transgendered women, especially of color, on covers of magazines or on TV shows. So the conversation has been, you know, in the landscape, it's been changing. So I'm glad to see that. So you think you can dance is also changing, you know. I know. And that's when I'm always like, I always say to Nigel, I'm like, good job. You know, it's yeah. you. It's one of those things, because if you go back and sometimes you watch some of his critique, I do cringe. But I'm like, OK, old dog, new tricks actually can have an open mind and start understanding. And he really does. I mean, it wasn't just for the show. Like, I can tell you every time the cameras were off, he was so nice to me. When I did come to the live taping, he came up to me during a commercial break to say hello to me, to ask me it was okay, if, if it was OK, if he threw out a little joke to me. I mean... He he was really supportive, and I think you know, as someone who, like I said, have has watched the show and has had issues with how men have had to be portrayed and have known the struggles that have gone on, I really feel like he is a he is a changed man when it comes to that. And you know, I, I can only hope that we'll see that change throughout the seasons that continue. When you're on season 16. That's right. <laughs> no, and, and I think what's uh, great, and a lot of people don't realize this, sometimes people don't agree with Ni- what Nigel's saying on the, the judges' panel, but I will tell you, everything that he says comes from a pure place. He really does love dance, and if any of you are here in Los Angeles and go to a ballet performance or a contemporary performance or a dance fundraiser, he's the first person there. Yeah. He is always showing up he's always supporting so he's on like every dance board you can possibly imagine from the wallace over downtown uh to the music center he is really pushing dance here in los angeles so know that even if you get frustrated sometimes he really is trying his best and his hardest so i always appreciate that i i I totally believe that i really do and i i wouldn't lie i would tell you if i felt that there was some sort of like put on, you know, but it wasn't. It was really genuine, and uh, I saw that all the way through the show. Yeah, and he'll ask me on the press line, uh, he's like, all right, what did you hear this week? He's like, am I in trouble? So, And so I will tell him the truth because he can handle the of truth. Of course. And sometimes he'll go, okay, okay. Like, he'll he'll accept it, and he'll yeah. process it and think about it, and, and I appreciate that because I'm not always delivering great news to him right. on the press line. Like, Oh, you shouldn't have said that on the judging panel today or last week. We're it's still resonating, you know, this week what what you said about a contestant. So, sure. yeah, amazing. Now, you have a really you're another one of those BFA dance, yes. right? Hi. <laughs> um I always talk about this with young dancers because I I think now w- when I was um training, it was really like go to that conservatory program, go to college. I feel now where there's so many opportunities, a lot of kids are skipping college for now and going straight into the professional world. What was your decision in deciding to go into a BFA program? Well, for me, uh, my parents at the time were both high school counselors, so college was not an option. I was going. Same here. Um, But you know what's really interesting is my mom actually just said this to me. She was like, you know, if we could do it all over, I would have given you the money that we spent on college and just had you go and be a dancer. I think that, you know, it would have 
been more helpful for your career. But that being said, mm-hmm. um, I am so thankful I went to college. Uh, and you went to CalArts, correct? I went to CalArts, yes. California Institute of the Arts, uh, which is actually about 40 minutes away from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's an amazing place that really allowed me to find myself. And I, I loved college. It was the best time in my life. It was the one time I didn't have to pay for rehearsal space Yay! or dancers. And I was able to collaborate with musicians and all things because it was a part of the curriculum. And that, to me, is is it's a unforgettable experience, and it's something that everyone should experience. So I always encourage people to go to college. I mean, I don't know that it is necessarily the smartest advice if you do just want to be a commercial dancer. Mm-hmm. I do think, you know, nowadays, like I said, you know, just going directly and auditioning and being it, it there is some benefit to that. But if you want to be an artist, I think you should go to college. I mean, I'm not trying to be shady, <laughs> but I'm just saying if you if you want to be a well-rounded artist that there's something you get in college that you won't get just by going mm-hmm. to the studio and training with the amazing teachers that are out here. You know, you really need to go and develop and learn vocabulary and dance history. I think dance history is so important and so often forgot about by young people. I studied with Deborah Jowett, who is like a legendary dance historian at NYU. And I, I have to say, I never thought when I took the class, I was like, yeah, okay, this is interesting. I never thought it would wind up playing into my career later on in life because I'm always telling people, please go to YouTube, please utilize and find out who came before you. You've got all the materials right there. There's just so many contemporary choreographers now, which is amazing, but it's important to understand where they got their language from. And so, you know, I just think history is fascinating, uh, especially dance history. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm glad I went to college. I'm glad I had all these different, you know, courses and curriculum. I learned how to make my own reel. I learned how to do things on the computer, you know, skills that I do think are super useful to me today now. And as I move forward to becoming a choreographer and to starting my own dance company, I think that BFA is going to play a huge part in that too. Yeah. And it's funny, sometimes you don't see where that degree comes into play until, you know, it takes five, six, seven, ten years sometimes because uh, your 20s I think are a part of like discovering like did I go to college for what I really wanted to do you never know yeah. um, it, it takes that development unless you as an know because I knew <laughs> I yeah, knew always good. I was like I'm going to be a dancer I want to go to school for dance yeah it was never it was never a choice for me I, I always knew I love that and you know and some people don't know and I, listen I went through a crazy trajectory where I'm like I'm going to professionally dance and I did but then I'm like I'm burnt out yeah and well that's where I am with drag so I feel you on that oh <laughs> let's talk about burnouts so yeah. you are burnt out on drag. I am, actually, yeah. I turned 30 this year, which I know is still very young. But mm-hmm. for me, it's like a big, you know, pivotal moment in my life. And, uh, you know, I went to school to create a dance company, to be a choreographer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been out in L.A. now for 13 years. And it's been amazing. I've created a platform for myself. But I am. I'm burnt out. I feel like, you know, traveling across the world and jumping off six-foot stages into splits and doing these crazy tricks and things that I do as Laganja Stranja. It's just not where I see myself anymore. And I really want to focus in on being a choreographer, being a dancer in a more contemporary realm. So I'm burnt out in the sense that I'm burnt out of drag, but not of dance. Dance is still very much my passion. It always will be. You know, I love teaching dance. I have Laganja's Dance School, which is an international, like, traveling workshop in high heels and confidence. God, I love Um, that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, so I just want to focus more on that because I find I'm happier when I'm I'm working with others. Do you feel, and a disappointment, disappointing others when people have expectations on you. So I have a feeling that do you ever feel like you're disappointing some of your fans by saying I might be putting like Laganja on the back burner a little bit because I know when I was sitting there thinking I feel like I need to transition I felt like I was disappointing like my parents who had spent a lot of money on dance lessons and things like that. Um, 
only to come circle right back and you right. know be a dance journalist. So it was not for there was no waste or anything else like right. that. People need to realize that, but. I do think that the disappointment factor sometimes plays in internally. Sure. I mean, everything happens for a reason. Um, I try not to look at it as disappointment. I just try to look at it as change because change is inevitable and change is beautiful. Um, so for me as a dancer, you know, you already know that like age plays a huge part in it. So you're not mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do what you're able to do at 18 for forever. So uh, I think like that goes back into the whole conversation about do you go to college? Do you Do you take those years or do you go and use those years? I think for me, you know, uh, dance is timeless and if you can be a chameleon and you can find different ways to incorporate yourself in dance there is no age limit um, in fact I just saw a beautiful piece by uh, the ballet boys in London called oh, Young Men they're fantastic. and there was you know uh, some older performers in the piece and I was like you see it's it's really where you put yourself um, and I feel like for me right now yes death dropping on stages and jumping off that's not going to lead anywhere it's, it's gone everywhere it can go I've traveled the world it's been amazing but I really want to focus in, like I said, now on having my own company, having my own body of work as a choreographer and working with other dance companies on choreography. I mean, I would love to go and work with Netherlands Dance Theater. That's like my dream, you know, like that's Gosh. that's the kind of choreography I want to do that I also believe I'm capable of. William Forsyth, people. Yes. yes. And, and the- Yuri Killian, who's my favorite choreographer. It, yeah, incredible, you know, incredible choreographers. And by the way, William Forsyth is now at USC Kaufman School. Wow, I didn't know yes. that. I know. I always tell people in like, if you are looking into dance schools for conservatory, USC built a brand new building a couple years ago. I They're, knew that they built a new program. It is killer. Is I it? Am so as an NYU student who had a pretty darn good education, when I was touring the building, I've been there several times now, I'm like, I can't. I just, I'm so jealous because it's the most wonderful balance of like classical training with commercial training. Oh, great. And you're here in Los Angeles. And by the way, their first graduating class is coming up in, in 2019. Mikhail Baryshnikov is their commencement speaker because <laughs> they got the money. It's a very yeah. expensive school, you know. If your parents are, you know, can afford it, lucky for you. But also, you know, like grants, scholarships, whatever you can do to get yourself there. I think they take about mm, somewhere between like twenty-five yeah. students per class. So that's amazing. It's an amazing program. But William Forsyth is the ballet master there now. So wow. I know. Wow. And then Misty Copeland will come in and just teach a class. And Tyler Peck came in. I mean. It's no joke. Wow. It's no joke. I want to go to college again. I do too. When I went there, I was literally like, I want to go all over again. Yeah, that's amazing. I know. It really is an incredible program. Um, So that's the thing, like working with these top choreographers, um, how do you see yourself in the next like year or two? Like, are you building the company? Is it already established? What does it look like? Well, um, I'm moving to Colorado at the end of January, mm. so I'm going to be starting it there. So you were looking at houses. I saw that on Twitter. So I you was. Have your dream houses. I was. I, I want to find a house. I want to find a husband. I want to have kids. Is that why Colorado I, is your... Yeah. Um, you know, I've been out here for 13 years. I live about 10 minutes from here, and rent is out of control, mm-hmm. and I'm never here to... Like, to, like enjoy this beautiful place I have out here and so I just think it's time for me it's time for me to change it up switch it up uh, I think as a dancer you don't have to be in Los Angeles to be successful I and you know I really thought that that's why I went to school out here at Cal Arts that's why I've stayed out here for so long but I've realized that you know dance is universal everywhere I've traveled all over the world it's mm-hmm. a universal language that can be spoken anywhere to anyone in any way you want so for me uh, 
yeah, it isn't a formed company yet. I don't even know who's going to be in it, but I, I know that it. I will meet them and I will work with them. Uh, you know, I would like to have a company that really is all encompassing. So I'd like to work with handy, capable people. I'd like to work with people who identify as transgender and queer and non-binary, every race, every size. I don't want a traditional, you know, company at all. And so I think those people will gravitate towards me, whether they're already in California, you know, Colorado or whether they know me from here or, you know, cause it'll be a pickup company. I can't afford to just start a company, you know, it's, <laughs> you're all salaried. You all have right. health insurance. Yeah, it doesn't no, work that way. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, it's going to be a, a slow, but beautiful process. And it's just one of those that I have to start. Um, and you know, I have a lot of friends out here who are like, how are you going to leave LA where you have all these people? But I'm like, because it's too expensive. I can't continue to rent spaces out here and pay mm-hmm. dancers out here. Whereas I feel like when you go to, you know, a Colorado, it isn't as expensive of a living there. And so you're not able, you don't have to pay the dancer as much. Uh, whereas here it's like, you know, it's impossible to ask dancers to come for 50 bucks. Like you have to pay them for their rehearsal time because they need to eat. They need to, they're, yeah, they're living in Los Angeles. So a tank of gas is 50 bucks. You exactly. Know? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I'm looking at how I'm going to do it. I don't know exactly, but I know my first start is, is by moving and by just putting my mind in that direction. Um, there is a great dancing in Colorado. Have you explored it a lot? Yeah. Because a lot of the dancers that are working out here are from Colorado or they're from Utah. Yes, Utah uh, we, has amazing Utah things. has amazing dancers too. But um, a lot of them do come from Colorado, including the incredible Emmy Award winning Mandy Moore. Hello. Hi. Yeah. I mean, you really do see a lot of incredible choreographers yeah. come out of that space. Well, I'm very new to the dance scene out there. Um, I've done my dance school out there several times, mm-hmm. but uh, I haven't really immersed myself in it. So I'm excited to get out there and get my Toes what? Denver. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, are you going to Denver? Uh, the Aspen Dance. No, is it Vail, Vail Dance Festival every okay, year? Yes. yes. That is a good one every summer that they do top-notch dance so you can go and network. Cool. Yeah. We love Vail. It's I gorgeous. Know, right? yes. I'm like, I'm sending you to Vail this year. Cheers to that <laughs> I one. I know. I like it. I was like, that's a, that's a good one. That's really interesting, though. And, of course, then obviously training for season 16 because we're just going to talk like yes. it's happening. Yes. So that's exactly what I'm doing now and January. I want to, you know, continue to train, train, train as much as I can, continue working on my ballroom because I think that's where I'll really need to step it up. Um, and then, um, yeah, working with choreographers to get my solos prepared in the contemporary realm because you didn't get to see it, but I was amazing. I did the Travis Wall contemporary and it was. It was the best thing I performed, which is why I was so sad you didn't get to see it. But I think it's because they're saving because I know how TV works. So you see, they laid my story this last season and now it's time for me to blossom. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, and you know, we love that because I do love when the show follows someone for sometimes two, three seasons before we see them actually get on the show or just hearing about their background and where they're from. And yes, they have to create a storyline of like, oh gosh, that ballroom round, is he going to make it through? I don't know. Um, they need to create that drama, of, of course. course. That's TV for you, honey. Yeah, it, it is. There, there But are... I can tell you as someone who was on RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, So You Think You Can Dance is so much more real. It is so much more based on the talent and the production team really uh, really cares about the contestants. You know, when when Eddie got kicked off the show, who was the t- amazing tap dancer, he was actually my roommate at an Academy Week. Uh, he took it really hard, you know, because, well, for lots of reasons. But the production crew, like, came over to me and they were like, look... Eddie's really struggling. Like, can you please make sure he's okay? Like, here's a gift card to, you know, California Pizza Kitchen. Like, will you guys go get dinner? And, like, that just made me so happy to know that they genuinely care 
for us and for us as people and as artists and for, you know, our, our mind and our well-being. Because a lot of times with reality TV, you know, it's about the drama and they, they want to pin you against each other. Where as this show, like I said, it's really it's about your talent as a dancer. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's so amazing that there is a show out there that really... It has some guts, you know? It, it definitely does. And and I always tell people behind the scenes, because I've worked all the dance shows at one point or another, uh, So You Think You Can Dance has the best backstage atmosphere cool. as well. And it's one of those things. That who really do you know at Dancing with the Stars? Ah, who do you want to know? I'm ready to try to You're get ready. on that one, please. <laughs> well, I was just at the finale last night. I saw. Did you have fun? I did have fun. Are and, you happy with the winner? Do you get to say or do you have to remain neutral? I don't have to remain neutral okay. on this. I, I'm going to tell people what happened in the press room. This, okay. This Here's the tea. So and Ooh, I, ha- I, I haven't talked tea. about this yet, really. Um, so the press room is like in the hallway at CBS. They kind of just like build a room. And we were all getting ready. I was sitting next to Keo's publicist. So it, obviously she's really nervous. I thought the Keo had a wonderful season with Ivana Lynch. And I thought there was a lot of growth there. I kind of thought after watching Milo Mannheim's uh, freestyle with Whitney, I'm like, they've got this uh-huh. in the bag. This is done. Um, although a lot of fans had been telling me all day long, like, hey, we really think Bobby's going to win. And Bobby Bones has had a fan base that has voted every week, never failing. And Bobby has gotten on his radio show every day and said, this is how you do it. Please vote. Um, If you have any questions about it, he's explained it. He had a strategy, guys. And when you have a strategy, guess what? Your fan base shows up. And my goodness. So when all of a sudden... (laughs) Tom Bergeron goes, Bobby and Sharna, I wish I had video of my face because I think I went, no, what? I mean, everyone was screaming, but I'm pretty sure I was like, no, oh, wow. And you saw everyone's face. Sure. Shocked. I mean, shocked. No one one really expected it, even though it was always a possibility. Um, I think the only person who smiled in that, they did a quad box of everyone. Was Alan. I think Alan was like, this is great. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to win. So, um, and I just think we all kind of walked around a little stunned. I'm thrilled for Sharna. Sharna knows. I'm so happy for Sharna, too, for sure. Guys, I've covered her since she was in Troop. And I have to say, she knows how to get her contestant there. She stayed consistent with uh, the choreography. Even when Bobby was struggling, she still had a vision. She understood how to get him into that finale. Um, You can't control the fans, but the fans were showing up. And listen, Bobby wanted it. Bobby worked for it. Worked for it. And Bobby won it. And Bobby won it. There it is. And when there is a fan vote element... That's the result. It's anyone's game. It's anyone's game. It's anyone's game. 50% judges, 50% fan vote. I'm not a fan of fan voting. i got to be honest. Because I feel like it does turn into a popularity contest. But because that element was so strong for him, he won it. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Good for yeah. them. They were so incredible um, in the interview that I did with them last night. You can go watch it on Dance Network. Yes. And by the way, guys, you know what? Bobby felt some of those really mean. I'm sure he did. He said, I had to turn off my comments because he said my fans were arguing with some of the hardcore Dance right. with the Stars fans. He's like, I didn't want it. I didn't want the noise. Yeah. And he even said, he's like, I know I'm not the best dancer, you know? But like you said, he had a strategy. He worked for it. I'm thrilled for him. I will admit, you know, when Tanache got kicked off, I was mad. That was that was my girl. That's who I was rooting for. I'm a Tanache fan. So, you know, that's that's what got me excited for this season. Um, but, you know, I just love that show. I, I love any dance show that's on TV. I think it's so important that we have dance on TV. Yes. Um, but, yeah, if you know anyone there, please, can you get me on? We'll have like, to call Dina Katz Am I a big enough you. star yet? Have you met Dina Katz yet? No. She is the queen, though. 
that has the magic to get you on the Please, show. Please, let me meet her. I feel like, you know, I have a great following. I have a fan base. I would definitely have a strategy. I think the RuPaul's Drag Race fans would totally vote. You know, when Courtney Act got on Big Brother this last year, Courtney Act was on my same season of RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. season six. That's exactly what happened. And she won because the Drag Race fan base is so strong. And that's why, you know, I, I feel like I'm giving, I'm, I'm on my soapbox, but that's why I would love a chance to, to make it to the live showing on So You Think because I really think the fans of RuPaul's Drag Race would keep me on. Okay, so so you think we know that you're auditioning as Jay. What would you do with Dancing with the Stars? Would Le- I would love to do as Laganja. I think so, too. And a here- full drag, and I would love to have a male partner, and it would be everything. Thank you. And you know who would do it? Benji Schwimmer. Of course he would. Benji and I have talked a lot about this, because we talked, he said Adam Rapon, who obviously was on season 26 yeah. of Dancing with the Stars, was totally open to having a male partner. Yeah. And Benji, if you guys haven't seen the episode when we had Benji here in studio, he makes a great argument about this. It's about lead and follow. It's not about gender. It's not. At all. Right. It's about one person leading, right. one person following and I'm going to tell you uh, I can't spoil too much of this but um, another show is going to be that's taping right now. That's a dance show that's not on ABC and not on Fox. I think I know the yeah. show too. They are doing they are doing same I think six, I know the so, show. I, ha- yeah. I have a friend who yeah, might have been on the so. show and a choreographer. So yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying that um, I think Dancing with the Stars missed the boat on that yeah. opportunity to be the first show to do it. And well, maybe they still will be. Um, this this other show is going to air before the oh, other one. Oh, is it? So, yeah. Okay. It's going to start airing. In well, good. Good so, for them. Uh, uh, but I think that's good because they need to join join the bandwagon. Then yeah, the show that show has been very willing to just sort of push boundaries all over the place. So I went and watched a live taping, and I thought, holy cow, great! Someone's finally doing it yeah. here in the U.S. Yeah. Because they're doing it. They're, I was hopeful that you know, like I said on, on on So You Think, you know, that I would get to do it as in drag the full time, and that that would happen to me. I, I was hopeful for that because I do think it's it's time that somebody really switches it up. I think so, too. And I think that audiences, where there's pushback, show it to them. Show it to them so that they can see. Because it's not... It's not offensive. It's not. I don't know what people have a problem with, honestly, right. because when you see it, it's beautiful to yeah. watch. It's just not traditional. That's all. I know. And sometimes tradition needs to be pushed <laughs> into another direction. Exactly. You know. I know. So I just we just spilled a lot of tea. We really did. <laughs> we had a lot of tea. But honestly, you know, I, I am happy for Sharna and for Bobby because I will say that. We are the we're sitting here. We're armchair critics. We're watching yeah. the show. We don't understand the sweat and the tears that goes into those rehearsals. It's one of the hardest shows to do. So you think Dancing with the Stars, guys, put yourself in their you know shoes and understand. Even if you're like he's not Tanache or he's not Juan Pablo or he's not Milo, everyone puts he still in an effort. It. Yeah, listen, I it, agree. And and I think too, had I heard rumors that like he was lazy in rehearsal and he right. just didn't show up, I'd be like, okay, well that's weird. That's not the case. No. He was waking up at 2 a.m. to do his show. That's amazing. And rehearse wow. and do everything else. So he Good made for it, him. He Congratulations, made it. as we say in the game. Congratulations. Yeah, so th- that's my thoughts on that, even though who knew we were going to give thoughts on something. Well, like- I love Dancing with the Stars. We're on a dance show. We had to. We had to. I know. And then hopefully you guys understood what other show I was talking about. It's not Junior's. It's not So You Think. I did love Junior's, too, though. I'm such a fan. It was so good. And we still have a few more weeks. We do. We do. We have a few more weeks. A lot of the Juniors were at the show last night, too. Oh, really? Oh, very cool. Yes. They are so cute. And they were running around the confetti. The professionals or the stars? Uh, 
There were mostly uh, there were two stars, and then most of the the junior pros. But I love uh, the junior pros. Mandela Morris was there, and Akash Vakoti. Oh, amazing! I know Akash actually showed up at the after party. <laughs> At the Abbey. <laughs> no, really? Yes. That's hilarious. He and his dad, I was like, you rock on. It's like 10 o'clock. I'm going home Cheers, soon. Cheers, yeah. <laughs> but he was the life of the party. People I'm really sure. love Spelling Bee Kid. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> he really is the best. But I, I think Juniors is another one that, um, hoping for a season two, it wasn't the ratings juggernaut, I think, that ABC really? hoped. Aww. But it screams to me a summer series. Don't you think? I just think any Junior show is amazing. Like, I loved um, So You Think You Dance Juniors. That was mm-hmm. amazing. I love Top Chef Juniors. Like, I just think kids are like so beautiful and so there's such an innocence about kids that is just and when they're talented on top of that I mean I'm I'm there sign me up next level are you teaching kids dance classes yeah of course yeah I, I, I work with all ages you know I have well actually not all ages I don't really like the itty bitty so that's too hard it's, Ooh, when they're tiny when they're like too hard. three it's hard yeah. but yeah like six to you know 18 I, I've, I've worked with um, at Beyond Belief Dance Company which actually just got its own Netflix show called Dancing Queen no uh, yes I'm on episode four and five you can is it already on on Netflix it already? is already in. Okay. Uh, so you can, that's about Alyssa Edwards, who is my drag mom, mm-hmm. and um, just her studio. And so, yeah, so I've worked with kids. I love kids. I think kids are, you know, our future. So it's important to keep supporting them. So if I go to one of your dance classes, what can I expect? Well, you can expect a really good time, a safe space, um, hopefully to pick up a, a naughty Laganja trick or two. And, uh, you know, yeah, my class works just like any other dance class. We have a warm up, we do across the floor and a combination. So it's a, it's very traditional in, in its format, but obviously my style is a little different. I love that. Um, how hard is it to teach a death drop? Well, you know, some say I do it incorrectly. So I saw this on Twitter. There yes, was an argument. There was a huge argument between the Vogue and the battle scene between me, um, which was really disappointing just the way it came off. Because mm-hmm. um, to be honest, after that, I, I wouldn't want to get involved in the Vogue battle scene because it was the, the way that people talked to me was really negative and it was mm-hmm. really mean. Um, and I, I it's sad because I don't think it as hurts da- your feelings. It, it does. does. <laughs> and I don't think that as dancers, we should talk to each other that way. You know, I think any group that's smaller or marginalized, when you fight in between that already marginalized community, it makes us easier for people to tear us apart and to take us down. So it's important that we talk to each other with kindness. And if people had just come at me with education as opposed to, you know, shade, it would have been a lot different. But basically the whole argument was over the term death drop because okay. the traditional term is dip. So in the Vogue community, when people do what they see me do as a death drop, it's actually called a dip. Now, I do it my own way than the way it's supposed to be done. So that's why I'm like, well, why can't it be called something different since it's not the classical dip? However, uh, I never want to be someone to appropriate culture or to take from another culture and make it as my own. And so that's why when the conversation came up, uh, I did. I changed my music. I changed my merch that was coming out at that time because I was going to do like death drop necklaces um, because it was really important to me to to listen to the dance community mm-hmm. and to, to listen to the Vogue community that is so underground and that doesn't always have a platform such as myself. So, you know. It is what it is. Like I said, I, I, I hope that next time there there's an issue like that, we can uh, approach each other in a better way. But at the end of the day, I did learn the education. I am going on with that. And uh, for that reason, I don't teach the death drop in my class because I'm not trying to get in any trouble with anybody at any point. It's a very crazy move anyway <laughs> to teach people. And the last thing I want in my one master class that I do, you know, one time it's, is to have someone hurt themselves. So right. we do we do a modified version of the death drop. And do you call it a death drop or have you termed it something else? Well, um, you know, 
I try to, when I speak about it in print, refer to it as a dip or a dip drop. Um, but when I'm speaking about myself, I just call it the death drop because that's what I'm known for. You know, and if I say dip drop, people are like, huh? Right. So if people know me the, and Laganja, they know death drop. But again, when I'm talking about it in print or the background, I always try to make sure people know the dip. And then there's no misunderstanding. Because in right. print, you can't go back and say, That's hey, right. look at the tape or listen to the audio recording or anything else like that. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I sit there and I think of, like, the ballet community. And there's so many different styles of technique. Like, there's the basis of what a plie is. But, you know, it looks a little different when it's a balanchine technique type right. of thing versus another uh, another style. So... It's kind of interesting that we can't have little branches of what that looks like. Sure. Yeah. I, I think it, it's, it's again, it's just like a gender. It's a conversation we need to be having. Yeah. And so until you ask or until you tell, um, you know, people aren't going to know. So that's why I always just say, do it with kindness. Do it with kindness. Do it with kindness. Especially where it's Thanksgiving week. Let's yes. all be. I know. I know. I know where everyone, I literally, when I went to my Twitter this morning, woke up, I'm like, okay. Is it going to be zen about this whole Dancing with the Stars? Because some people are so thrilled that Bobby Bones won. And some people are so upset that, you know, he won. And, uh, again, have the conversation because uh, there is always a strategy to winning a reality competition show. <laughs> always. And that's why I even like to talk about it where you're like, I strategized in terms of working with these choreographers right. and getting Changing ready for the Changing my name. Yeah, exactly. All those things. These are strategies, people. Strategies to win. Strategies to get you as far as possible. That's how you play a game. And reality TV, it's a game. It is a game. It's not real. It's a game. <laughs> and some of these shows, I always tell people, I'm like, a lot of them have writers. And they're writing these storylines. So don't believe every single re- uh, Real Housewives storyline. Right. Hello. <laughs> exactly. But that's something that's really important to take a look at. And that's why I say, Bobby Bones had a strategy. His strategy was not going to be based off of dance technique. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He came up with some, and now, let me tell you, uh, whenever we get a season 28, I don't know when that is because it doesn't look like a spring season's happening, um, understand that this show will never be the same because of his voting strategy. It's why we'll never have a, a presidential campaign after 2016 that'll be the same. Right. Uh Always changing, always evolving. Wow, so depressing, gosh. <laughs> it is, though. But that's that's the way it goes. We're in season 27. How does that, you know, game change? It changed a lot this season. It did. It, it did. did. But hey, you got to introduce me to that person, please. Uh, yeah, he's like, <laughs> Dina Katz. <laughs> right, Dina, what's the tea, girl? And, and and there is a little bit of, like, you can't ask too much. Like, you just have to kind of, like, subtly um know that there's interest if you if you like tell your fans like go and tweet dina Katz or whatever that is like the bad strategy okay so good there's, yeah you have to do it like subtly and maybe maybe your manager publicist okay. you know slide that in like there's interest okay mm. good to know so when you're casting the next season yeah it, there's a good subtlety to, to it there's an art form to well, it yeah. of course that's always, hollywood isn't it always is well i have to tell you this was just such a thrill to have you here thank you um, i'm so happy to be doing more dance related things so thank you for giving me a platform to to speak and to talk to dancers it's amazing yeah you are welcome back on the show anytime thank i you. and People, uh, when you are represented by, I told I was like, Matt was amazing to deal with. So when you have great people representing you, it's such a pleasure. Even it took us, I mean, I think we worked together about four months altogether, just working with your schedule, figuring out when you were in town. I know, right? When I I've had been gone opening. for the last three months. You have. and the, But 
when I, when I had an opening and then I was like, I have right. this date. Will this work? And and it really did. And it's just, it's great. It's Thank just, you. yeah, I know. And a lot of the fans watching the show were like, we're so excited. Oh, I'm really glad. It's it's an honor to be here. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be seeing each other on So You Think You Can Dance. That's right. Season 16, which means I will see you in the press line. Yes. I'm going to just throw that. I'm going to imagine it. I'm going to visualize exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. Don't dream it. Be it. <laughs> exactly. Now, where can everyone find you on social media? Connect with you? Sure. So you, I made it really simple. It's Laganja Stranja on all my platforms. That's Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and Tumblr. And you have a brand new song out too? I do. I just dropped a new single called Smoke Break, which we heard in the intro. Um, I also released Look At Me earlier this year. I have a new album coming out next year called Exhibit A. So you can check it out on <gasps> iTunes. So excited. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. I love our conversation. And you guys, uh, we will be back next week. I've got a really special guest. I'm going to announce it uh, probably after Thanksgiving because you guys are so busy. Everyone is all in Thanksgiving mode. So we want to wish you all a happy and safe Thanksgiving. We are grateful for all of you. For all of the latest dance news, be sure to check out dancenetwork.tv. And we want to thank Dance Network and Popcorn Talk for hosting us today. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only, and not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.